Hello everyone and welcome to this latest edition of 101 George Street, the podcast from Mowbray, Scotland's National Centre for Children's Literature and Storytelling. My name is John Malloy and this week I'll be chatting to none other than Charlotte Riley Gibson, the Programme and Events Manager and Resonate Director for Paragon Music. Paragon Music believes that music and the arts have the power to transform lives. They are guided by two key principles, equality and inclusion, and are dedicated to inspiring young people and adults in Scotland to create new music and dance. Charlotte has helped establish Paragon's inclusive programmes and performance events, attracting participants, partners and audiences throughout Scotland, and she now directs Paragon's Resonate programme throughout Dumfries and Galloway. Charlotte, What's your favourite children's story and why? This is such a good question and it was so hard to pick because I loved books so much growing up and I couldn't decide whether to choose the book that I remember reading myself for the first time or the one with the characters that I like doing the voices for, but I decided to go with a book called Koshka's Tales. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. It's a collection of Russian folk tales and they are all about family and magic and mythical creatures and the illustrations are so beautiful and all the stories tie together at the end in this one story and I kept going back to it and back to it. So I had to choose that one. It's an amazing collection of stories. Do you have any connection with Russia at all? I did go once actually Hmm. Uh, and when I studied music at university I did my dissertation on um, Russian music so excellent I used to teach in an international school I used to be head of drama over there and we I taught a few Russian secondary school students and um, one of them was a drama student she she did an amazing device single device piece slash dance piece about Baba Yaga and I was surprised just how dark the Russian fairy tales where they are they are dark aren't they but they a bit like the Grimm's fairy tales I suppose and they all have uh, a kind of moral to the story that you're the first person to mention fairy tales really that's yeah. I'm so surprised yeah yeah you're the first person to mention fairy tales for this question and um I get rolled out a lot as you can imagine um some Harry Potters but yeah traditional fairy tales it's not usually an answer there you go and they're still so relevant to today you know they've they've grown the, you know, the, the, the essence of the story is still so relevant even these old folk tales and I like seeing them reinvented there's a theory actually that there's, there's only ever been seven universal stories throughout human history, just seven. And these are archetypical stories that are designed to to teach something important about a culture or something that's inherently important about a culture. And so they have archetypical figures like the, the mother or the villain or the hero or the heroine. So these are like very archetypical stories. And there's a theory that a lot of the fairy tales that we, the traditional fairy tales that we grew up with, no matter where you are on the planet, they harken back to these seven universal stories, which I find fascinating. Yeah, and the, and, and the more you think about modern stories that you can, you can see at the root of them, the mm. connection to these old stories. So, yeah, I like I like um, I like reading, thinking about that, and thinking about how they've, yeah, it's the same original characters, but just in new guises. Charlotte, what is Paragon? Paragon is 
a music and arts organisation. We are a registered Scottish charity. We believe in the power of music and the arts to transform lives. So we create opportunities for people of all ages who have additional support needs to create and perform their own music and art. We use the term additional support needs quite widely to include anyone who perhaps has a physical disability, a mental health condition, a young carer, anyone who, who perhaps there are barriers in place when they're trying to access mainstream arts opportunities and who need a, a bit more support to participate on an equal level to everyone else. So we bring people together. It's a social space. Um, we call it an inclusive space. So everyone who comes along, we see them as a person first and then as an artist. We find out what support needs they have and we put measures in place to ensure that they can participate freely. And we create our own original music and art and we share it with audiences. So we love to connect with partners and we've done that in visual art, theatre, dance, and we create multidisciplinary work and we also train local artists. We work throughout Scotland. We train local artists in what we call inclusive practice and they facilitate these mostly group workshops, but increasingly we've had demand for one-to-one -one mentoring as well um, for people who want to take it a little bit further into employment or education and create a life for themselves in the arts. Mm. Why is it important for people with additional support needs for them to be able to access projects like Paragon? Well, we do find that people who have additional support needs just don't get the same opportunities as people who don't have additional support needs, whether that's down to the lack of resources or um, expertise in mainstream activities we we know that people just don't get these same opportunities and we feel very passionate about reaching out specifically to people who have additional support needs but actually making our environments inclusive so they are also open to people who don't have additional support needs so that it's not an exclusive environment you know it's it's inclusive it's welcoming of everyone we encourage families to get involved and it's really about empowering providing these opportunities for people and empowering them to want to develop their own confidence their own artistry and actually we work with partners uh, in the main in, in mainstream arts to learn about inclusion and to open up these opportunities for people who have disabilities because we know that it's a fraction of society who's actually accessing the art uh, the arts and it's it's just about creating equality absolutely and i think you you hit the nail on the head there when you mentioned about creating an inclusive space because the art is all about being inclusive it's all about being able to reach out and, and engage and interact with the community but a lot of people and i know this from personal experience whenever i've aimed to put on activities that would try to challenge barriers or break down barriers for people with additional needs in the past there seems to be an issue where you've got activities for additional needs and then you've got the activities for everyone else and it's about breaking down that barrier of inclusion and inclusion works both ways where an inclusive space as well as being inclusive for people with additional support needs is also inclusive for families 
and for for siblings and for people to get involved so it's not about cornering off a certain segment of the population and saying right this is your activity for you 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 go do that over there it's about actually you're a, you're a valid voice your voice is valid add it to the chorus of the arts and go go do your thing yes exactly and i think on on a larger scale we are trying to change audience perceptions of the art that's created by people who have additional support needs i think often there is the assumption perhaps that the art is going to be of a lower standard but actually we know how incredibly creative and capable our you know artists are and actually in in working in this inclusive space as you say it helps an audience to see to reframe it and to appreciate what's being created as art rather than having certain terms like um, disability or, ex or accessible art associated with it. And that's what we're trying to do. And we're trying to create opportunities for people who have additional support needs to really develop their own uh, aspirations and their own go on their own journey into whatever it is they want to do, whether they want to record an album, whether they want to put on a performance, whether they want to access a course in music or the arts. And we're trying to work with uh, education institutions, with, em with employers, with partners uh, and in the arts and further afield to try and create these opportunities for people. We work with people of all ages so for some people it is very much about a social the social connections that's the main reason that we find people want to access our programs because having additional support needs often can mean that you are very isolated that word has taken on a whole new meaning this last year but for people who have additional support needs that word is was very relevant before coronavirus it, it you know, having a disability often means you can be very isolated. And so our programs are very much about bringing people together, making these lasting connections with people who have similar interests. Absolutely. And again, the, the social side is important and being able to to link with, as you say, people with similar interests, regardless of, of who they are or if they have additional sport needs or not. It's about finding your tribe. And it's really important that, isn't it? Being able to find like-minded individuals who've got a similar interest, irrespective of who you are, where you're from, the art can bring people together. That's it. That's the common ground when we're in a workshop room together in a studio we are all there because we love music we love art we love dance and it's not about what disability or labels perhaps have been you've been associated with in the past actually you can leave that at the door and just be who you want to be in the room so we find we find out what support these people have so that we can put the measures in place but actually when that person's in the room they are an artist mm. and we don't find out what condition somebody has we very much see it that if that person has, for example, autism and they share that with us, then we, we, we can learn that from them if they want to share that. But actually, we don't need to because that doesn't help us in a music setting. You know, it's, it's not necessarily relevant to the music. We just want to know who that person is and what they're interested in. And we can have a group of, say, 15 people in a room, all who have different support needs and who have different levels of confidence and experience with music and, and the arts, but actually 
our job is to ensure that everyone can participate equally. So we will very quickly be able to see who maybe needs a little bit more support. People who potentially need some one-to-one -one support, but also someone who perhaps is very confident and actually needs a slightly quieter instrument. So we're very conscious that some people in the room may have different levels of tolerance for noise or for being in a room with lots of other people. So we're actually constantly facilitating the whole time mm. uh, this, these, this group dynamic and trying to create a piece where everyone has contributed and everyone has feels proud of what they've contributed and can then take ownership of the piece. So, and then we will, as musicians, we will add our music just underneath the piece to support it, but it's very much the group that have mm. created the piece together and they can be proud of that and take ownership of that. That, that kind of one-on-one -on -one personable approach where you everything is left at the door and you basically observe the artist when they walk through the door and then you can adapt and it's an adaptive approach where you adapt your practice around them is really important because from my background and from my experience um when i've been teaching sometimes the temptation is to find out a little bit too much information about well you can get fed too much information about an individual and that can sometimes go okay i'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna prepare myself for this behavior or for that or for this and a lot of the time that's really unhelpful because a person might display certain behaviors in one social setting but might not necessarily display certain situated behaviors in another social setting exactly and what you've just described there is the essence of our inclusive practice so it's not about planning it's not about having a method it's about getting to know that person and using your experience it to just support that you know that person's ideas so that the sessions are very much person-led, person-centered and person-led. So we find out what ideas that person has and we go with that. Mm. And it's about, but you can imagine it's quite a challenge sometimes creatively to have 15 people in a room all with their own creative ideas. And yet we've got to help to facilitate a piece that everybody can feel that they love and that they're proud of. But we do it all the time and it's amazing. And you don't know what's going to happen at the end of a session. You don't know what's going to come out of what creative content is going to happen. And it's so exciting. It's incredibly exciting as an artist, as a professional artist to work in that way. What are the projects that you are proud of the most? I have to say our Resonate programme, which is our programme in Dumfries and Galloway. The reason is because it's grown so much. Looking back to when it first started, it's been amazing for me to experience how it's grown and it's grown very organically we now reach four different parts of the region we're in Dumfries, Stranraer, Newton Stewart and Annan and that's happened very naturally and the journeys that people individual people have been on is amazing some people we've known for six seven years so they were maybe 15 when they started and they're now 21 22 such an important time in that person's life transitioning from child to adult services. And we've been there the whole, the whole time at supporting that person, supporting their families and supporting their creativity. People have gone on to do amazing things and we've done some amazing pieces over the years. We've worked with incredible partners in visual art, music, dance, 
but we've also done amazing performances and for someone to stand on the stage and perform their own music to an audience we've performed on some pretty big stages you know they've done the youth beats they opened youth beats in 2018 they've performed at the oyster festival they've been on the theater royal stage it's takes some guts to do that and mm. it's you know thinking back to the people when they were quite young when they first started and actually to have gained the confidence that they have and the trust in us as an organization and in the project that we'll support whatever they do has been amazing on a personal level as well it's been really exciting for me to be working in this region that i grew up in and loved again there weren't weren't many opportunities when i when i left to to train in profession in music but i'm so excited to be back and getting to know the region in a new way and working with new partners meeting new people all the time and working professionally in the region and it's these kind of opportunities that we want to create for other people i know um from talking to mulberry's internal performers so a lot of we one of our missions is to encourage and support the creative industries in the region of Dumfries and Galloway and Southwest Scotland as a whole. And um, we've, we have on staff a collection of storytellers that we have, um, all, of, all of whom are from Dumfries and Galloway. Uh, most of them are under the age of 26. And I did a podcast with them um, last year. And all of them had to go outside the region to study drama or the performing arts or dance or some sort of element of the performing arts. And the temptation there was to then stay away from the region, but they made a conscious decision to come back into the region and bring their expertise, bring their training and try to develop their practice in Dumfries and Galloway. And I think the fact that you're able to do that in such a, an amazingly positive way it is something that I think the region needs. Yes, we're very passionate about creating opportunities for people to train professionally and stay in the region. Most people, I mean, we would imagine, well, I can't speak for everyone, but a lot of people will want to stay in the region and will want to contribute to the, because it's such an arts rich region. But actually, there aren't many professional training opportunities and employment opportunities out with formal education. And so we feel very passionate about creating these opportunities, but also ensuring that they're accessible. So our accessible ethos reaches through all levels of the organization. It's not just about people who want to participate and volunteer, but people who want to train. Mm. And we know that there is a lack of training opportunities specifically for people who have additional support needs and in, in Dumfries and Galloway as well as throughout Scotland, to be honest. And so we want to create these opportunities for people who want to learn about inclusive practice and support other people, younger people to come through. Charlotte, I'm going to play a clip now. Could you tell me a little bit about it? This is a piece called Whale Tail Tale. That it's a beautiful piece created by our group in Dumfries. And it explores journeying, adventuring, coming home, what you find on the way, the, the unusual places you find yourself and the people that you meet and riding home on a wheel. <laughs> and what's been really beautiful about this piece is that some of the words that you'll hear sung, we've been learning the signs for in British Sign Language. So one of the musicians who attends our workshop has been sharing 
every week a different sign with us and we've incorporated these into the piece. Excellent. I'm 
Charlotte, how have you adapted your practice to the lockdown? It's been a creative challenge, but we are enjoying doing it now. We have moved all of our programmes online, which if you told us two years ago that we'd be doing this, I don't think we would have believed it. Our workshops are so incredibly multisensory, tactile, kinesthetic. It's hard to imagine how that transfers online, but we have tried really hard to create this inclusive the same inclusive environment online and the fact that people the same people keep coming back every week i think says a lot it's become a real social space that people just build into their week and they look forward to it every week now and we will really explore technology it's been really exciting you know we'll have lots of virtual backgrounds we have um software that that we can have fun with musically we'll create visuals to go with it we've been doing some live stream performances that our groups in Dumfries, Stranraer and Annan have taken part in and actually what's been amazing is that in person the logistics are too tricky to get people from across the region Mm. the the region is so vast that it's been really tricky to bring people together into one performance space but online it's been possible and it's been amazing and everyone came together about a month ago and performed in a show called resonate and boogie and the Presenters teamed up from all the different parts of the region and we did a social media competition where everyone shared where they were in the region and it was amazing and that would not have been possible in person. So the online world has great possibilities and we'll just keep rising to the challenge and we will just keep connecting with everyone that we that comes to our programmes and we will respond to what they're looking for online, to the space that they're looking to come to. Well, on that, this leads me nicely into my final question. What are your future plans? We are going to be doing short term. We're going to be doing another live stream event in the summer. So keep your ears out for that one. We're then going to be exploring the possibility of hybrid workshops. So we will be seeing people again in person where possible and creating music together in person particularly with the people who weren't able to access our online workshops for whatever reason perhaps they were too rural in the region perhaps the support their support needs meant that it just wasn't an accessible space for them so we're really looking forward to getting those people together in person and then also having people stream in from online from wherever they are in the region so that's going to be quite exciting exploring those work workshops and then longer term of course we can't wait to get back in person there's nothing like live music i mean 
that's what we really are excited about. And along with that, we're going to be expanding our team of artists and our operational team and working in new parts of the region as well, exploring new areas. That's fantastic. I can't wait to hear some of this amazing music that will be created. Thank you so much for being on the show. It's been really interesting. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me and look forward to working together. Well, that's your lot, folks. Join me next time for another edition of 101 George Street. And please do show your support by liking, subscribing and leaving a comment. Until next time, stay safe and stay creative. <laughs> <laughs>